Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Always better. I, I personally like the preview episodes much better than the breakdown episodes just because there's so much hope and potential for us to be just to clean up your local sports book or Louie on the corner and we can make some real money and we will have picks, predictions, thoughts on everything that will happen here at UFC Vegas. What are we, 70 this weekend? 70, yeah. I yeah. think I, I feel like there's been there was two sixty nines, but I could be Yeah, I don't I know. The one's gonna be like UFC Vegas and it's not a number what numbered one because it's gonna be at some fucking hotel or something like that in Vegas, which okay. <laughs> but sure. yeah. So I am Matt McSweeney. This is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling today? Pretty good. Uh pretty Good. It's nice and eighty degrees out. We're uh, running a constant eighty plus degree days from nice. here on out. That's um, what pizza's like, baby. That and that and the the, the and, cops and crime. Cops yes, and crime. Yep. Yeah, you can't can't forget that. But uh, shout out to the uh, officers down there uh, and the homeless people. So UFC Vegas seventy, Ryan Span, Superman Span versus Nikita Krylov. This is grotesquely disgusting that this is a uh, main event and uh, that this is this card is a card. There are 13 fights on this card. And, I mean, honestly, I don't want to disrespect it overall because there are some fights on here that are, I would say, intriguing. They have mixed around this bout order quite a lot since we first looked at it the other day. Uh, but there's, you know, a couple names on here that we've, you know, that we're familiar with that we've seen before, the Jordan Levitts of the world. Odie Osborne, Joe Selecki, Charles Johnson, you know Mike Malott, your your favorite uh, guy. I know you're a big fan of his. Uh, Tatiana Suarez making her return. That's that's uh, uh, involves a certain level of intrigue because she was a big time uh, prospect and and just factor at, at 15, and now she's going up to 25. You got yeah, the goat Augusto Sakai getting in there. Yeah, Andre Muniz. I forgot he was fighting on this card. That uh, yeah, I I was a fan of his at one point, but it just uh, it seems like he hasn't fought in forever. When was the last time? Was Somebody that last right summer? Hall. Yeah, and that was kind of boring if I remember correctly. But yeah, I didn't get the finish. All that he dominated them, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess we should start at the top. Ryan Span, Nikita Krylov. Nikita Krylov is the favorite in this uh, fight. He is a minus one seventy. 186 favorite uh, on FanDuel. Ryan Spann is a plus 145 underdog. So I wonder, and I would like to ask you, why do you think that is? Uh, it's probably because, I guess, I, I don't know. I think Krillo's had two UFC stints. He's still not, you know, he's still, he's 30. And he's he's done his fair share of stunt pulling and whatnot, but uh, when you look at what he's done recently, he's beat Johnny Walker, he's beat Gus, he's beat Vulcan, and he's lost to what? Ankolaev, Glover, Blahovich. Whereas Ryan Spann, you know, was out here getting smoked by Johnny Walker in, in a fight that he probably should have won yeah. uh, by knockout. And, you know, the Anthony Smith fight was tough. And I guess they just don't rate the Misha Serkinov 
Jan Kudalaba, Dominic Reyes wins at all because they, all three of them were, were beyond it. And they were all quick, quick wins for, uh, for Span. He had power jab, guillotine, and then a right cross to the ground and pound. He is getting better though. Um, I will say he's come, he's come a long way since that Sam Alvey, uh, debacle where he almost lost that fight. Um, so I, I feel like it's just about taking himself serious, and I don't know how you can really, really uh, get a hold of that. He's thirty-one, Krolov's thirty. They're both in kind of a make-or-break situation here. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think Krolov is safer, but I, I don't. You know, he can also be hit. He can also be subbed. He can also, you know, um, just be finished early or not even early, late. It doesn't matter. Like he has some of the same issues that. Ryan Span has, and that's probably why I'm going to go with Ryan Span. I think you know working with Safe Sayud and, and the boys down there in Fortis MMA, I think he's hopefully um, leveling everything, all the skills, and just you know working on his cardio, his defense. This it's really about his decision making, his IQ. I mean, if he didn't just chase Johnny Walker down like that, he would have got a win, and that would be you know who knows what, what he would have been doing now. Uh, and the Anthony Smith loss, I, I don't really take anything out uh, away from that. I mean, that guy has like 500 fights. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's very, uh, it's very kill or be killed for both guys. And that's why for me, it's kind of hard to get a grip on the fight because they have con, um, very, very con. I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. Contrasting styles is what I was trying to say there. Um, but they're both dangerous. With their hands, with their legs, and with submissions, so it, it's really it's really kind of tough for me to handicap. I think I would favor Krilov just because I feel like he's safer and I think he's smarter, and I I guess he has more avenues at winning. But I really don't know. I really don't know. I think I think I'm going to go Ryan Span early, um, and if it get you know if it goes anything past that, I think he's probably done. Um, I I don't think he's shown the ability to carry on um, um, a successful performance in in the later rounds. I don't think he's really ever done it. I'm trying to think of a time where he went deep into a fight and looked good at the Sam Alvey. The last fight to go to the distance was the Sam Alvey fight, and that got dicey in the second and third. Uh, the Devin Clark fight was early, second finish. Everything else pretty much been first. That's where, you know, where Nikita Krylov, 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 went the distance with Vulcan. I know Vulcan's a little, a little dusted, a little cooked, but... He went the distance with Magomed Ankalaev. I, I believe he took the first round for Magomed Ankalaev. He went the distance with Johnny Walker. He went the distance with Glover Teixeira. So, again, I think he's safer, but I, Ryan Spann is very, very volatile, and for good and for bad. Uh, so I'm going to go Ryan Spann. Um, I'm going to go ground and pound. You're going to take the inside the distance? <clears throat> yes. Plus 165 here on the uh, sheet. I'd like that. Something tells me not to take it, just take the 45 because it's just not that big of a difference in numbers. So I'm going to take the money line plus 145 and I'll leave I'll leave a little bit of juice out there, but I think you're right. I think if he gets this done, he's going to finish him at some point in the first two rounds. Uh I just like I think Ryan Spann's development, <clears throat> excuse me, over the past few fights has been um shall I say, sort of intriguing and uh, encouraging. Because I just, I mean, you you hear him talk, uh, I think he was on with uh, Ariel or one of those guys, and he just kind of talked about how 
he didn't really used to take this to like not that he wasn't taking it seriously, but like now he's like legitimately taking it serious and like knows what it, what it takes to be a professional fighter and you know and you can see that in, in just these last two fights how you know his sort of I don't know if mindset, but it's just when he's out there he, he it's it, it's got a killer sort of instinct now and I mean. That power jab on on Dominic Reyes is, is pretty much all I need to say. I mean, <clears throat> I, I faded him last time. I'm not going to fade him this time. I saw Krylov decimate uh, Gustafsson, and, and Volkan is completely cooked. And I wasn't even that uh, impressed with that fight either. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to roll with Span here. Just <clears throat> excuse me, man. My, my voice was fighting for its life You're right dying. there. Yeah, but I think based off the fact that I think the odds should be closer. So I'll, it's one of those kind of toss-up ones. So I'll, I'll take the plus 140 and just get out of there, and I'll, I'll deal with that. But Ryan Span, money line plus 145. You have Span inside the distance, plus 165. So I would just yeah. confidently take, like, like the under, but then they're you know, they're going to go five rounds, and it's going to be like this amazing fight of the, of the century. That's what's concerning me. It's just like I feel like both of these guys are like susceptible to be like these quick fights and like get to get them out of there. And I feel like they're both gonna like lock in. You know, like it's always we always talk about that on here. Like some of these fights, you're like, oh, you project what's gonna happen. We we all have different shit. Like when me and my buddies are watching the fights, it's like, oh, you have submission, you have this. Okay, so it's gonna go like decision, and that guy who you never thought could go f- a full five rounds is gonna go five rounds and and look good in that. In that. Like kind of Jamal Hill. Like remember, like we were like, yeah. there's no way Jamal Hill, if he's gonna win this fight, is gonna go five rounds and he's gonna like win all five rounds pretty much like that. And, and shit happens. That's kind of what mixed martial arts is all about. That's why it's so intriguing. You just the the, the unexpected seems to happen. Quite often, and that, that that is something to look forward to on Saturday because you just don't. I mean, you just never know. UFC Vegas, baby, seventy, not to be confused with sixty nine, sixty eight, or seventy one. This is UFC seventy, brother. Uh, yeah. So we're both on span here, and uh, I I feel I feel pretty good about it. That's probably the most confident I'll feel uh, throughout this whole card uh, for the most part. But I guess you know you, you never know. I, I could be convinced. The more we go through here, I have a couple plays already written down, but we'll see how I feel when we talk about them. Andre Muniz. This is the co-main event, ladies and gentlemen. Andre Muniz and Brendan All-In-Allen. This is a little bit of an intriguing matchup. Brendan Allen hasn't been subbed since, uh, well, wow, when was this? 2016 by Trevin Giles in Legacy FC 52. Right, yeah, rear naked choke, and Andre Muniz is a submission specialist. I mean, he is the guy who popped uh, Jock Sosa's arm out on that nasty, nasty little inverted armbar. He armbarred Eric Anders. He armbarred Fabinski. I know you guys were all uh, all on Fabinski when that fight came around, but I don't know here. I mean, listen, he's got a lot of subs on his record. He's a big favorite on the odds. Uh, he, I believe he was a minus, th- I'm sorry, 205, 225, 250. Uh, the question, I guess, here, I mean, I, I imagine me and you are both going to be on Muniz. Are you, I mean, I, Brendan Allen is uh, just untrustworthy in, in, in my mind. I mean, he's coming off four in a row, but we're talking about Jacob Malkoon, Sam Alvey, uh, I'm sorry, three in a row, and Jocko. 
And it, you know, Jocko's never done much for me. And then, you know, I've spoken on Malcoon and, I mean, Sam Alvey. Is just, he was rocked by Sam Alvey, which is like, what the fuck? But yeah. I guess I will I'll, say, though, Jocko, Jocko hasn't been submitted since his uh, UFC debut. And uh, Brendan Allen was the first, one of the first ones to really do it to him. He has been fighting better. He's, again, he's only 27. So, you know, he's been fighting a lot, a lot in his uh, pretty much not really in his prime, like a little bit before his prime. It's really just about the IQ and the durability. I, I don't. Th- I think you know he's susceptible to quitting. But then I, I, I look at both his losses, Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland. He had you know he had some success in both the first rounds of the first round of both of those fights. But then you know as soon as the second kind of started and they got into a rhythm, that was pretty much it. But I kind of like this matchup for him stylistically. I think he can get some wrestling and and get some top control. I think he might be the stronger guy. The problem is he, he fights like a meathead sometimes. And I think Muniz, I, there, there's going to be poss- times where, you know, Muniz can sweep him or there's going to be times where Brendan Allen just gives away parts of this fight, which I don't, it, it makes me want to bet on it. There's parts of me that wants to bet on, but you know, like that, especially going up against a specialist, I don't really, I don't trust him. And I, I never trust him to begin with, but I feel like he's kind of at a good number. I feel like this is a decent number for him. And if somebody wants to take, um, like a Brendan Allen decision bet. I don't think there's you know anything wrong with that. You get that at like plus 400, but uh, it won't be me. I was thinking about it, and there's some dogs on this card. Uh, it's strictly about fading some of these big favorites. Uh, I, I'm just not going to This not isn't the one. Money. Not yet. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised really, you know, but um, I'm not going to take that chance because I, I, I do like Muniz and I do like – his ability to control guys like he did to um, Uriah Hall. Not that he would necessarily do that to Brendan Allen, but I could see that being a round stealer or a fight stealer. Yeah, I'm with you on that because it's just I don't. It, it, I think you're right in the sense that like Muniz is a a, a fade candidate, but I just don't know if this is the uh, spot where he's going to get beat because I just. Like you said, though, I, I I could definitely see Brendan Allen grinding one out and kind of reversing positions and ending up on top, and Muniz gassing out, and you know Brendan Allen kind of just taking control in the later half of this fight. But what I more likely see is Brendan Allen overvaluing his own grappling and getting caught in something, and just kind of as the fight goes on, getting worked over and eventually getting subbed somewhere in the second or third round. Maybe even earlier, but I, I imagine it would be closer towards the end of the fight. So I'm going to take Muniz sub plus 125. All right. I like it. You stay, you you going to have anything on the card or you want to uh, – No. You're going to sit this it's one out. Way. I don't blame you at all. I want to sit the main event out too, but I think my heart my heart says take Ryan Spann, and this is a good spot for him. So, fuck it. Dante Mays, your, one of your favorite fighters. I know you've uh, wanted to have him on the pod. He didn't want to come on. But uh, Dante Mays versus Augusto Sakai. Augusto is coming off of, I believe, four straight losses. Four straight. Four finishes. straight. Alistair yeah. Overeem. Uh, Jarzinho, Rosenstrike. I mean, at the Overeem fight, he got beat up pretty bad throughout that whole fight. Jarzinho, yeah. he basically didn't want to be there from the beginning. Uh, Tuivasa put him in a in a, in a body bag, uh, very, you know, very early on in that second round, and then Spivak just beat the shit out of him on the ground. And I mean, he's been finished four times in a row. I mean, before that, he was grinding out a decision, a split decision victory against Blagojevich. 
had money on him. Augusto Sakai is about, you know, for a, a somewhat still up-and-coming guy, which he was for a while, and maybe he got pushed a little too quickly, or you can argue whatever you want. It's about as cooked as it gets. Last time he was in there was what? Uh, August of last year. And Dante Mays, now listen, I'm not going to act like Dante Mays is the truth or he is even that good. But for you to only be a minus 135 favorite against Dante Mays is big time concerning. Okay? Yeah. I just don't know who's going to win this fight. And I'm, but I lean Dante Mays, and, but something's telling me you should, I should not be betting Dante Mays. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a part of me that, that bets Sakai and then. Dante Mays is, you know, sit, sitting on him and laying on him and takes him down and, and just lays on him for like a round or two. And I'm like, great, there goes that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I truly don't know. Like Sakai is 31 and we're talking about him being cooked at heavyweight. You know, heavyweights that are 41 aren't even cooked. So it's like he had such a great start to his UFC career. You know, he, he finished Chase Sherman. He beat Arlovsky. He finished Tybor in like a minute. And then he beat Ivanov. He's on a win streak, and then he gets finished by four guys back to back to back to back. They were all good fighters, though. So, you know, it, that's the only glimmer of hope I have here is that Dante Mays has beat nobody. Nobody. I mean, he he, he has some – like, his losses aren't bad. Yeah. Uh, Rodrigo Nascimento, that was just a terrible matchup for him. And Cyril Gaon, obviously, he almost went the distance in that fight. Yeah. But, you know, grinding out a decision against Roque Martinez – and, you know, going to the third against Josh Parmesan and then losing that split to Hamdi Abdelwahab, your boy, who got suspended. Uh, it should it should be a loss, but it's now no contest. I just, I don't know, man. Like, he's huge. He's a good athlete. He's got that long, what, 81-inch reach. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I just, I don't know. I think I'm going to I'm gonna take Sakai. Uh, no, I'm just going to stay away. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think Sakai should win this. I think he's better all around. I think he's smarter. Um, he, I, I, Mays probably is a, is the better wrestler, but I, you know, not by much. And standing up, I think you know he, he has the reach and, and, and the length and the distance. But I, I don't know if he's necessarily a better striker than Augusto Sakai. He, he lands at a lower percent. He lands less per minute. Um, yeah, I, I guess Sakai's takedown defense isn't great. So you know. Dante Mays landing a, a little bit more than one takedown per fifteen. That's probably his avenue. You know, he's he, he's got to be he's got to be stronger. I would assume. I guess that's kind of a tough assumption to make. Um, but I think I think that's the path for him. You know, stay on the outside, use his reach, and then maybe get a takedown, and then try to work some ground and pound. I guess there's a guy we've seen uh, in that Spivak fight. You can just hold him down and beat the shit out of him, and he will go. He will go. Um, and the, again, the fact that he went through that huge streak of where we were just like, yeah, we're, we're fading this uh, this old man who gets knocked out every fight, and he's only thirty one. I know that's just very, very. That, that's such an anomaly that I, I don't know if that's if that was. I can't even say it was a fluke, but just a bad stretch and it's just a bad run against quality opponents, and now he's taking a huge dip against Dante Mays. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm staying away. I'm he staying should away. take care of business. Like that. That's what the the you know. I mean, because it's his make or break. He probably gets cut if he loses this fight. Uh, if we're being honest, I mean, we call we we called our shot on two cuts last week. If he loses this one against Dante Mays, there's really no spot for him in the UFC. Uh, it would be five in a row that he would lose. 
I just I'm going to take Dontel May's money line based off the fact that I think the reach advantage will keep him uncomfortable, and in order for him to, you know, have success, he's going to have to just keep moving forward, moving forward. And I don't know if Augusto Sakai has that in him. And like you said, at some point, I could see Dontel May's ending up on top of him, and and Sakai just I've seen him too often ending up on the bottom and just like just laying there and not really doing anything. So. Yeah, I'm going to go Dante Mays money line and I really should stay away from it, but I'm not going to, you know. So uh now here we go. Tatiana Suarez and Montana De La Rosa. This is a 125 fight. Tatiana Suarez fighting for the first time since what? Uh it's 2019. Yeah, 2019 against Nina Ansaroff. I'm sorry, Nina Nunes. Don't call me Ansaroff. Uh, she had it. a scheduled bout against, oh, man, Roxanne Monteferi. That would have been crazy in 2021. But so many injuries kept her out of the octagon for, you know, almost a whole four years. And, I mean, she has all of the skills that you could imagine. Montana De La Rosa is kind of a nice, uh, shall I say, tune-up fight. I guess this is kind of get your feet wet. Excuse me, uh, feet wet fight, I guess. I, I don't know exactly the right way to put it, but I guess I would ask you, uh, I, this might be, this is a real big question mark, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but she's minus 900, 800 on here, 750, yeah. 800, like big numbers here for Tatiana Suarez. Her inside the distance is plus 130. Now, I know she could probably just, Grind her out and just you know hold her down, ground and pound, beat her up. But I don't know, man. I mean, this girl doesn't really get finished. You know, I, I get that she's been subbed one time, she's been KO'd one time in her career. Uh, you know, and that that was Cynthia Calvillo and Mackenzie Dern. That was a long time ago. I get all that, but there's really no place here or opportunity to make money other than this one because I think Tatiana Suarez wins this fight. Uh, the decision for Suarez is minus one ten, so maybe if you want to do that, but uh, you know, I, it's this is such a question mark. I really would uh, caution people on betting this, just due to that fact that you just don't know what Suarez is going to look like after a four year layoff, all these injuries, neck injury, back injury, blew her knee out at one point during these cancer. four year. Uh, did she have cancer? Mm-hmm. Cancer of the neck. That's what led to. Oh the neck my god! Yeah. So that's. I mean, all of that. To then come back here and you know be still a minus eight hundred favorite shows you what kind of a talent we're talking about. It's you just don't know what version of her is going to be in there on Saturday night, and you know uh, I I don't know. It's just very questionable. But I am going to take plus one thirty on the inside of the distance from uh, Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, I mean you, you know we saw what she could do. I mean she beat the she you know. I wouldn't say beat the ship, but wrestle fucked J.J. Aldridge way back in the day on Ultimate Fighter. And you, we, we saw what she did to Alexa Grasso, made quick work of her. Uh, grinded, pretty much just dominated Carla Esparza. But again, these were, what, five years ago? Four or five years ago. So Montana, Montana De La Rosa, I don't think she's amazing or anything, but she's tough. She's still young. Uh, she's pretty big. So I think she's taller yeah. and has the reach advantage over uh, Tatiana. I, just, I, I never loved Tatiana Suarez's uh, stand-up. I never... all. I, I know she's a specialist and, you know, she has some things that she does well, but, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I wasn't ever as big on her as other people were, but 
there's just such a huge gap and there's so many unknowns and the line is massive. I don't think Montana De La Rosa is going to, going to win, but I think she could give her some problems. I'll take, uh, I'll take Tatiana Suarez to win, but I'm not, I'm, I'm probably just going to stay away from everything here. Yeah. There's really no way to make money unless you take a shot, a shot on a prop here. And it's kind of, like I just said, I mean, it's really, you don't know. It's very so much unknown. You like to bet on shit that you kind of know more about or, you know, have more confidence in. And this is kind of taking a shot in the dark. But you know me, ladies and gentlemen, I like to take shots down the field. And this is kind of not really a shot down the field. This is a out, you know, 10 and out. Just get, get you know, throw it to the sideline. Let's, uh, let's keep the ball moving. But Mike Malott, Johan, the, uh, he, I thought he used to be the sniper, but he's the white lion. I'm sorry. Lenise. He's getting in there after a big time split decision victory over Darian Weeks. Yeah, that not really. Uh, Mike Malott, uh, this is this is a, a Canadian on Canadian crime. Mike Proper Malott, he is, I believe, I don't have the line here. Here we go, minus two twenty five, two fifteen. He's the favorite against Johan Lanise. Lanise is a guy who uh, big, powerful. Gives you a really good first round, maybe a little bit of the second round, but after that, he kind of doesn't have much for you. Uh, this is a Mike Malott who put Mickey, I mean, beat the fucking shit out of Mickey Gall at UFC 273, and uh, you know he he that was his first UFC fight coming off the Contender Series, so that's two straight finishes for him. Uh, Lenice, although I think he could get him out of there in that first round because it, it just like I told you, I mean. You go through uh, before the week's fight, before he lost to Gabe Green. He had left hook, body punches, unanimous decision, flying knee punches, like lots of finishes on his record. He goes for it. And a lot of those, you know, our first round, one was, you know, one was a second rounder. So he, he goes for it, but I'm going to take Mike Malott. I think inside if inside the distance is a good number, I think this is a good bet here. But uh, I guess I'll ask you what you think. Minus 105. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's probably what I play. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I think Malat. Uh, I don't remember. Did he struggle with Mickey Gall? I think he did, right? Yeah, I had Mickey Gall, and he got rocked by Mickey Gall. Yeah, time. early on, he. I mean, he didn't really. I, I guess struggle is it because I mean, if you look at what happened to Mickey Gall's face, it was uh, it was not yeah. good. And he beat the shit out of that dude on the Contender Series, that uh, Shimon uh, Shimon guy, but he is bad. <laughs> he is really bad. His next fight after that, uh, he got the shit beat out of him by Billy Goff, your boy, who was supposed to make his debut last weekend. Yeah, of course. Um, Jared. <laughs> uh, I kind of like Yohan Lynette here. I think, you know, he hits hard. He goes for the finish. He's hard to take down. Um, he had some real good su- success against Gabe Green early. And uh big issue with him, he just he just doesn't have good cardio. And, he you know, he wears down. Really just, you know, not durable. We saw, again, there's not much to go off of, but that uh, that Gabe Green fight yeah, it was, not was kind of brutal in the second round, you know. But Gabe Green hits hard, and if he's still around, he, he's tough. I think Liness just kind of uh, shot his load. His his contender series fight was a layup. Uh, you know, he didn't have to really worry about going deep into that fight. He did go into the second round once or twice in the CFFC, so um, I didn't go back and watch those fights, unfortunately. Um I think he's going to catch Mike Malott. I think Mike Malott keeps his chin just right there. I think he's just begs to get hit, uh, even in some of his other fights. He fought Hakeem Dawudu in the regional team. That's not really – I can't hold that against him, but he got smoked. So, I, I, you know, 
the guy uh, Renfro that he fought, that dude wasn't good. Um, I think it's clear what he what he wants to do here. But Johan Liness is very tough to take down. He's got an eighty eight percent takedown defense. Um, as long as this one, as long as he's not gasping for air, as long as it stays in the first or you know maybe early parts of the second, I favor Liness here. I'm going to go Johan Liness inside the distance. Um, I'm actually just going to go. I'm actually just going to go Johan Liness money line. That's all. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I think there's going to be ways that he can win this fight. I think if he gets taken down, he can get up. I think he's probably just all around better striker than Mike Malott. And uh, I think, you know, he swings wild, which worries me, but I think he's going to be able to find Mike Malott here at some point, even if he doesn't. I, there's no there's no way this goes the distance, but I think, you know, he could do more to win a decision. Uh, but like I said, I think he just he ends this one early. So you're going plus 185 on the uh, – you kind of convinced me, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Cause... I mean, I could, I could just go under. I could just go fight doesn't go the distance because I think, uh, you know, Liness smokes him or he gets choked out or something like that. But uh, I don't know, man. Again, I, I don't want to, like, harp on the, the Gabe Green fight for him and harp on one fight for anybody. But the, the Mickey Gall struggles, in the at least in the early part of that fight, really give me some concern. Um yeah, I guess give me I guess give me Liness inside the distance, right? Because I just don't see any way this goes the the full distance and like at all, like at all. So yeah, give me a, inside the distance for Johan plus three hundred. I think I'm gonna ride with you. Uh, I just um, I, I, I hate to be a flip flopper, but when when presented with information, you have to. And I just when I looked at that plus three hundred, you guys can probably hear it when I just when I I just let out a ooh. Like, that's good. I like like a nice plus three hundred. I, I like. I mean, look, he is big. He is powerful. He looked good in that first round. He had Gabe Green, you know, not in trouble, but he hurt him. You know, he he hits hard. So, I think uh, if Mickey Gall can have you a little bit, you know, not not in bad shape, but just like a little bit worried about his uh, stand up, then I think you might be in trouble with uh, a guy like Liness. So. I, I would not bet this fight, obviously, because I'm bouncing back and forth, but I'm taking Liness inside the distance. I've changed my mind, Let's ladies go. and gentlemen. Because, you know what, guys? I think at some one of these weeks, you have to, you're have you going to have to back tie because it's coming his way. All right? it's the, the odds have been against him so far in 23. It's, uh, he, you know, he's been praying to God. I, I know he's been out doing a lot of different things to try and get this right, and I think this is part of the comeback. And I want to be on the right side of history when we look back and like think it. about this. Uh, plus 300 inside the distance. So, let's get back to it. What do we have here? Eric Gonzalez. I know he's one of your favorites against Trevor Peak. Ever, uh, Eric Gonzalez. When was the last time we saw him? Uh, 2022, August. He got standing rear naked choked by your boy T-Rex. And before yeah. that, that's right. I, I, thought I, was, uh, I thought that was the last time we saw him. But Jim Miller. Put him in a shallow Smoke grave him. early in the second round. Uh, that and Jim Miller was a big uh, underdog there. Uh, if I if he I had Jim Miller rocked heavy he in the first round too, but then he got rocked at the very end of the first. Uh, Jim oh, Miller Jim was a Miller, big favorite. Jim Miller was a big favorite. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's this is that's probably something. a situation. This this fight I, I had a hard time breaking down because I don't like. I just don't like. I, I, I do like parts of their game, both of them. I like as a fan. I love watching. Trevor Peak. I think I, I think he would be a fan favorite if he were to stick around for a while. 
But the way he fights, man, I, I have some real big concerns. All of his all of his wins are by knockout, and they're all fairly early. Uh, the Malik the contender series fight that guy Malik Lewis, very young, uh, in his in his MMA career. I know he trains with Jackson and uh, Jackson Wink, I think. And his fight, his next fight after that uh, was, I think, just this month. He he won a fight over an eight and six fella, um, and the organization was called Peak Fighting. Kind of ironic. Um, and he knocked the guy on the, at the end of the third round. So maybe he's not that bad. He was just young and needs some time. He was gassed after that first round, but he beat the shit out of him. He had Trevor, he almost finished Trevor Peak in that contender series yeah. fight. Trevor Peak's very, very fucking tough. Uh, I think he's an Alabama, Tennessee, down south boy. Yep. So, you know, maybe not very smart, but he's, he's a, I think how they explained him, um, I watched him fight in Aries, not to be confused with A-R-E-S, Aris FC, which is the French, promotion aries a-r-i-e-s he fought kama worthy and uh there was you know it got a little shaky there in that fight and kama worthy is very beatable but then he put kama worthy to sleep and they they described him as a junkyard dog yeah. um very accurate very very accurate and he he pretty much put he didn't fight anybody good but he put them all out so um you know that's what you're supposed to do eric gonzalez on the other hand you know if you look at some of his wins his last win as an mma fighter ever was this guy named Samuel Alvarez, who was five and three at the time, and he decisioned him. Uh, and Samuel Alvarez is now seven and six, the alley cat. Uh, that's very concerning. And even before that, Ozil Rodriguez, who was six and five, he went to the third round to finish him. I think Eric Gonzalez does some things well standing, but he does not like to get hit, and you know he's he's just not very skilled. Uh, I don't think Trevor Peaks all that good, but I think most of his deficiencies just come from him. Just being too wild and swinging crazy, he can get he gets taken. I mean, he he picked Kamworthy up and slammed him like it was nothing. Um, and he, you know, he 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 controlled Malik Lewis on the ground in the second round and pounded him out. Got mount easily. You know, he just he he's not very good defensively, but he is tough and he does hit hard. And he does swing wild. Um, he pretty much just goes. You know, he doesn't really have much. He doesn't have a varied strike striking game, but he has some power in his hands and he has you know. I think this fight's at 155, right? I believe so. He has fought at 170. He was the 170 champion in our Aries fight series. So I'm going to go Trevor Peak inside the distance. Um, I think he's probably just going to get him out of there. Um, our boy Eric Gonzalez. It's, it's just easy fade, easy, easy fade. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the pick right there. I guess let's see what Peak is by TK. He's even money by TKO. Yeah. He's minus 145 inside the distance. I don't think he's going to get a submission. I mean, you He's know, never had a it. submission in, in his professional or amateur career. This could be a draw, plus 6,600. 6, I'm just saying. Um, I'm going to go peak by, by TKO, KO, TKO, disqualification, even money. Give me that. I think he's getting him out of there. So um, I'm getting plus 105 here on the sheet. I'll take uh, it. From uh, I believe uh, Bet Betway or something, one of those <laughs> criminal websites. I'm just kidding, haha, <laughs> just joking. They're not criminals. They are totally upstanding gentlemen. Uh, Gabriela Fernandez versus Jasmine Joe Juravicious, Juice Devicious. Uh, last time Jasmine was out there, it uh, was not good against Natalia Silva, if I if I remember correctly, uh, and it wasn't good against Kay Hansen. I mean, she. Should, I mean, she was taking down Kay Hansen, but I think she should have got her out of there. 
and she didn't. That's that's where that uh, it wasn't good is coming from because I think I had Jasmine inside the distance and she didn't. And that was just there. just a year ago. Yeah, I mean, think of how many posts Kay Hansen's made on her OnlyFans since then. You know, so it's <laughs> so like, much I, money, <laughs> so much money, and I, you know, maybe maybe I'm one of the s- subscribers. I don't know. Um, allegedly, also allegedly, Kay Hansen also took her down. Um, I I. I initially had very um, very high hopes of Gabriella Fernandez kind of replicating what Natalia Silva did, um, but she is not Natalia Silva. But she, I, I do. I, I've been seeing a lot of other people don't like her much. I like her. I like her a little bit. I went back and watched some of her fights. Um, where was it? I don't know if it was in the organization. Yeah, it was LFA, and. I don't know, man. I you know she she fought some bombs, obviously, but her last fight she fought Caroline Martins, and I mean she she destroyed Caroline Martins. Like first round, second round, got her out with a tight guillotine choke. Uh, Gabby Fernandez is very very ripped, very cut, and she's a big girl, very strong. I think that's going to be the difference here. I think she's got the better striking. She's a southpaw. She doesn't really move her head that well. Um, I guess, you know, if she, if she ran into Natalia Silva, she would get smoked or some other, uh, you know, offensive fighters. She has good kicks. Um, she has been put on her back before. So I think that's obviously the path that Jasmine Jasuda Fish is going to take. I think she was a credentialed wrestler coming out of Canada too, but, that's, yeah, somewhere. Uh, you know, the Canadian MMA scene's a bit, uh, bit fluky and not great. Questionable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like she hasn't fought anybody, anybody. There, you know, she she in CFFC she fought Elise Reed and she lost. Um, Shout out that she did. G, uh, she did beat that Julia Palastri chick, um, who ever since then has won like four or five in a row. I think she's probably one of the next to get a UFC contract. So I guess that's a pretty good win. Looking back on it, but other than that, man, I just I, she's on the wrong side of thirty. Um, what's Gabby? I think Gabby's like twenty eight, twenty nine. Um, I don't know. I think this is an easy spot as long as, um, you know, Jasmine doesn't get those takedowns. And I think this chick could even get up or find something off her back or even put in one of those tight-ass guillotines. She hurt Martins and then put, right away put her in a guillotine. And she held it for a long time. The commentators were saying, you know, she's probably getting tired. She's squeezing and squeezing. And, you know, Martins is going to pop her head out, and she never did. So uh, I think if she gets Jasmine Jasuda Vicious in any kind of trouble, it's going to be over after that. I think she just... I think she's better, bigger, stronger, quicker. Um, maybe, maybe she has a deficiency in the wrestling game. Maybe her defensive wrestling isn't great. Maybe she can get laid on. Sure, but I, I you know, Jasmine Jasuda Vicious is going to have to show me. So I'm putting a couple units on uh, Gabby Fernandez money line. Minus one twenty-five. Three of three of them joins. Oh man! Unfortunately, we can't allow multiple unit plays here on the sheet. But that's terrible. for the people out there, you know, three units, that's what you need to do. I Maybe am, even more. I'm, I'm, trying to re, I'm trying to see what exactly is the Jasmine Jasuda Vicious Edge, and I guess I kind of gave it with the wrestling, but, like, I, she, she got taken sub. down by Kay Hansen. Yeah, and she can get subbed I, I just, from her back, too. Like, she's, I don't know. What is she good at? How She came into the UFC with, like, some hype. Some hype, because she had that Contender Series win over a pretty good fighter, looking back. But that good fighter was very, very young. She might have had more fights, but 
you know, she had like a nine, 10 year age discrepancy. Um, and then Natalia Silva came out of nowhere and beat the brakes off her. I, you know, maybe Natalia Silva is way better than Gab Fernandez, but I think Gabby Fernandez is, is kind of formidable. Um, you know, just, I just watched in that fight in LFA, her last fight, her most recent fight where she came forward through some heavy, heavy body kicks, but she went low. She went high. She mixed it up. I think it's going to be way too much. She has a good straight left. She doesn't really jab much. Um, and I mean, is Jasmine just vicious going to give her any kind of, is she going to, you know, throw with her? I sincerely hope not for Um, her own safety. Yeah. And just, yeah, I don't think she has that. I don't think she's confident in her game like that. So again, this is more of a fade Jasmine spot, but I kind of do like parts of Fernandez's game. We'll see. I mean, hey, she could just make her debut and be a complete fraud and or you know forget to throw. Who knows? We've seen it before, right? But uh, I'm going to take her. You're going to take uh, Moneyline, right? Yeah. I'm gonna I think take, she could get a finish, but... Yeah, I'm going to take inside the distance. Uh, you guys know me. I'm a junkie, but it, it has worked out for me so far uh, getting these units to where they are. Um, just a little bit uh, south of the uh, equator, and I need to get back up. So I'm going to take Fernandez. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you're you're in in hell right now. You need to fucking climb your I way up. We also after no, this. I want to stay here. Stay tuned, stay ladies here. and gentlemen. We will talk about Jake Paul and Tommy Fury uh, at, at the end of this uh, breakdown. I know you guys were all sitting around waiting for that, but I'm going to take uh, Fernandez inside distance plus three twenty five. I like the number and. It is. Do it. Uh, I just this is a fade Jasmine spot here. So, Victor Martinez. I know he's one of your favorites. The Brick. He's getting in there for the first time after his Contender Series win in 2021 against Jordan the Monkey King Levitt. Uh, Good nicknames. Yeah, uh, this is uh, pretty insane. I have to check the odds here, but Jordan Levitt is a minus 105 favorite, minus 115 for Victor Martinez. I don't know much about Mr. Martinez. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but uh, Jordan Levitt, it, it seems like he's had the grappling uh, advantage in almost every fight other than the Patty fight. Right. Uh, yeah, and you know, and he went to war with Claudio Puelas, so who Claudio's pretty good on the ground. Claudio, well, but right, that's that's a kind of a weird matchup. You know, it's kind of like like if a fighter were, were to lose to uh, Virna Janjaroba, and you're like, damn, you can't lose to her, but then you're like. Well, her, you know, her uh, fighter A strength kind of went into uh, Janjaroba's strengths, and it kind of offset, so she lost. You know, yeah, it's kind of how the Jordan Levick Claudio Puelas fight was. Um, I, I don't love Victor Martinez. Uh, the Jacob Rosales contender series fight. Um, you know, he was getting hit. It was very back and forth. It was a, it was a good, very good fight, very close. They were they were throwing throwing bombs the entire time. He landed a shit ton of strikes. Anytime you see that that many strikes thrown and landed on the contender series, it's very uh, very good. You want to see that because it's very rare. But I, I you know I don't like he's small. He gets hit a little bit. He's he's kind of flat footed a lot. I don't think Jordan Levitt's great. I, you know I don't really want to bet on a guy who twerks that much. Uh, there's two twerkers on this card. Him and uh, Eileen Perez. So maybe they should have a twerk off. I don't know. But the one thing I I saw in Victor Martinez is a lot of his past fights, he gives up his back. Just he just lets he lets you have it so you can get it and then he can kind of work his way to the cage and then and then break off. And it's worked before. I mean, in the Jacob Rosales fight, he almost got finished in the first. He gave his back up very, very early and it it, it didn't end up paying off for, for Mr. Rosales, but 
Um, he also did it against multiple guys on the regional scene that weren't very good. He fought Eric Gonzalez on the regional scene and got and lost a split. Um, he's been submitted before. Um, a couple times. I, I just I don't think he's that good. I think yeah. he I like I kind of like his hands. I kind of like his boxing. It's a little basic, but I do like. You know, I think he has the better hands than Jordan Levitt. I don't think Jordan Levitt's going to surprise anybody. But Jordan Levitt is longer, I believe, and I think you know he doesn't get he doesn't have good takedowns, takedown offense. He doesn't wrestle well. Um, but I do think he's going to find a position, uh, find a spot to get a submission and get the submission victory. So I guess I would. It's good to assume that you will be taking that. Yeah, I am trying to find it. Uh, I'm seeing it at plus two twenty five here on the sheet. Yeah, I like. It. I just think you know he's he's long. He has really good control. I, I don't think he's necessarily. I, I think he's messy and sloppy, and you know his IQ is is. I don't know. You know he's more worried about twerking on guys' graves. But I I just think this this dude gives us back. He just gives people's back. Like I, I don't know how you can just feel confident. What you know. Especially the guy you're fighting. We kind of just talked about how the quality of play this fight was a bad matchup for, uh, you know, Jordan Levitt. This is a good matchup for him, you know, Complete for a guy. Opposite. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't love betting on Jordan Levitt, you know, um, but I think it's a pretty decent spot for him. Get right fight. A get right fight is the is the best way to say that. So, give me Jordan Levitt sub as well, plus two fifteen. Odie Osborne, a a guy who had some a little bit of steam behind him at one point, but uh, you know, get, getting getting uh, shadow realmed by Tyson Nam and Manel Cop also is not uh, you know, and getting guillotined by Brian Kelleher is <laughs> that's uh, rough. That's rough when you look at when you Brutal. look back. Uh, he's fighting Charles Johnson, Energy, okay, uh, who. Is probably most famous for his loss against Mohamed Mukayev, but now he's you know he's knocked out Jimmy Flick, which I thought was a bad stoppage for the record. And a yeah, but that guy was ready to go. Yeah, sleep. no, I mean he he had no business being in there. And then uh, Zamagulov, uh, that was a split decision victory uh, as well. That was yeah. uh, arguable whether he won that fight as well. So I guess I would ask you, do you like anything here? Osborne as a plus one forty five underdog. Uh, one seventy for Charles Johnson. I was thinking about taking Ode Osborne, but yeah, yeah he he walked right into that Tyson Nam right hook, almost twice, uh, and then he walked into the Manel Cop flying knee. And his wins, I just can't get behind. You yeah, know, yeah. Zeruk that guy should have never been in the UFC. Jerome Rivera was one of the worst fighters in the UFC at the time. Uh, the guy he fought in the Contender Series wasn't good. He's been finished on the regional scene, and obviously he hasn't really learned from that because Brian Keller, like you said, guillotined him. Um, I just, I really don't love Charles Johnson, but I think this is a spot where he's probably just better everywhere. I think he's going to win, win a, win a, win a decision. Kind of, you know, usually just do what he usually does. But I could definitely see Ode Osborne being more ex- uh, explosive and catching him with something, or uh, just winning exchanges and winning positions and and sweeps and reversals and. Uh, who knows? Uh, I'm not betting it. I'm Me gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Ode Osborne. But uh, again, coming off that Tyson Nam fight, uh, I can't. I can't really back him. Yeah, there's really no way I can uh, say. I mean, for as many plays as I already have on the sheet, I can't just be throwing <laughs> darts at the board. 
I have enough darts in play. I have enough uh, ships out, out out to sea right now. So, yeah, I'm going to stay away from this. Uh, I didn't like that Tyson Nam fight. I think I probably had Osborne in that nice Tyson Nam fight, and that just was killer. But here we go, baby. Joe Selecki. This is uh, Hassett's own uh, place where I, I did some jiu-jitsu at, uh, at one time. I still have a membership. I just haven't been back in a couple months. But uh, Carl Deaton the third. <laughs> Who, uh, yeah, you know his nickname? Uh, not really. Anishinaabe. Okay. So whatever that means, look out for that. Uh, I listen. I don't know anything about this gentleman. He it seems like he's a tough guy. He's only been finished what twice. He has what five? Yeah, he's seventeen and five. So like he's been training for a couple different guys. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's supposed to now. I don't know who was he supposed to fight. Oh, Benoit. That Sorry, was not. A, yeah, that was not a good. Uh, I, I was letting everyone I know know that I don't like. I don't like for anyone fighting Benoit Saint Denis. That's not a good idea. But I am obviously a Selecki fan, so I come into this with some sort of bias. I can't lie to you. I like the sub sub number here. Sub number, I believe, was the last time I checked was plus one thirty. I'd like to see where it's at now. But if it's somewhere still in plus money range, I will take that plus yeah. one thirty. Yeah, on, on I don't know too much about Mister Deaton, but I have heard that um, he's somebody that would probably surprise you in their UFC debut. You know, you probably see their record and think he's just some pushover bum. But I, I don't know. I, I've heard some people kind of hype him up, not hype him up, but give him a little bit of respect. Um, I just, I don't know anything about him. Um, I I don't know I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's Native American. I think that's what I heard. So he doesn't really he he's taken fights on short notice. He's taken fights up. He's fought in the PFL. He's done this. He's done that. Uh, he does have a couple wins over Nate Williams, who is a pretty decent regional scene guy in the Atlanta Georgia area. Not a great record, but he he just fights everybody and doesn't really care. Um. He has a win over Mr. Justin James. Yeah. So I, it seems like he's fought guys. I mean, even when he was even when he was younger, he's fighting um, guys with a bunch of experience right out the gate. Uh, Vince Murdoch, and then he fought that that dude in PFL Alejandro Flores. So I don't know. I think I just think Joe Selecki is tough for this guy. I, I, I'm sure this guy has some ground. I don't. I don't even know. I really don't know how to handicap this fight, and he's such a big favorite that I think I'm just going to pass and hope Selecki pulls through. And if he's the biggest favorite on this card and loses, then it happens. But I just I doubt it. Yeah, listen, I'd love to hope that Selecki maybe gets a KO at one point, and I can get one of these plus nine hundred, uh, you know, <laughs> numbers or plus seven hundred. But I mean, he he never he never even attempts to go for it. It's always just a strictly grappling based attack. And uh, I think he's going to be able to get it off here at plus 115. Selecki sub is going to be the play. So there it is. I'm going to run out of space on this sheet because I have so many <laughs> fucking plays. I'm going to have to bring the sheet with me on Saturday wherever I travel to. So uh, we're going to take a picture, but it's more fun to have the paper in front of me. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about this, gentlemen? Noralo Aliyev versus... Rafael Alves. Alves is a UFC veteran of what? Three fights? 
Uh, coming so. off of a uh, decimation from Drew Dober. Is this Alves the gentleman who was doing the moonwalk and shit in the octagon against uh, Drew Dober and then got knocked out? It might have been. He was, he was definitely he had very good success early against him, but uh, remember he had that, that um, I think he was a pretty big underdog against Mark DeCasey, and he guillotined him like right away. Yes, yeah. Well, we all, I've laid my thoughts on Mr. Uh, DeCasey uh, in recent in recent weeks, uh, how about the the Tajik Eagle, Naralo Aliyev? I don't know much about him. I believe he's making his UFC debut. He had a contender series fight where he ground and pound Josh Wick. Uh, oh, I do remember this guy. I do remember this guy. Uh, he is uh, he scared the shit out of me when I watched it that night. And I imagine these odds are not going to be very close. So um, no, they are. Wow, minus one ninety. 180, uh, Alves, I have to see though, I mean, Alves has a, is a, there's a big experience gap here in this fight, uh, Alves is what, 33, 23, or 32, I mean, he's about 10 years older, I think, yeah, uh, I don't know, what do you, what do you think here, I mean, I, I, I would bet this, I just don't know what I would take on this other side, if it's going to be inside the distance or not, seems like this other guy is fine with going to a bunch of decisions, but, uh, I don't know if this guy. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just don't yeah. know much about this. Alves Alves has a pretty shit gas tank, and you know, I like I love how he starts fights. He's very fucking aggressive uh, with all of his offense. He can you know submit you. He can throw these crazy kicks, throws his hands, but he's not very durable, and he doesn't really have cardio. The problem with Aliyev, he doesn't really have cardio. Uh, but he fights just like a, a Russian fighter would. I know he's from Tajikistan, but um, you know if you look at all his fights before this, they pretty much all went the distance. He just takes you down and grinds on you. And I think Alves can be taken down and grinded on. I mean, you know, he, he as good as he is offensively, he's, he's not really sound defensively. So I think this is probably a spot where Aliyev just kind of controls him. But it's gonna be a, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough start. I think Aliyev is just going to have to go for a quick takedown because standing up and especially early on, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for this guy. He's he's not a he's not a easy out uh, as soon as the fight starts. But I want to take Alves, and I think I think I uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. I'm going to tell this you what I'm going to do here. I'm going to take. I think Alves. I'm going to stay away. Okay, and I think that's a good decision. But I am. Uh, gonna take Aliyev decision plus two forty. All right, I don't mind that. I just think that Alves is probably is very susceptible to being finished, especially I, late. I think that yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's what that's what worries me about this. But I look, I just saw, I looked through some of his uh, you know fights recently, and going the distance with uh, you know Ismagulov is something that's like okay, like you know at least he can stay in some of these fights. And the Drew Dober fight went to the third round, uh, even though he was taking a little bit of a beating there. And that was a little bit ago, so he's had time to recover and everything. Uh, you know, I definitely think this fight could get finished, and I hate betting the decision. I've told all of you a million times, but if, if it were ever to happen here, I mean, Aliyev, uh, of his eight wins, six of them have been uh, decision. So let's keep it rolling. Uh, it seems like this is a marathon episode, but there are so many fights that we have to sit here and talk about. Haley Cohen. You know anything about her? No, me either. All hail Haley Cohen. She's pretty cute. Well, 
Uh, that is uh, that, that is what the people are on the streets are saying. She's coming off of a decision, <laughs> a split decision victory against a uh, Claudia Lecce. 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 Not not to be confused with the Spanish word for milk. Uh, <laughs> she's fighting Eileen Perez, who Eileen Perez uh, likes to post herself on Instagram, but then get finished by Stephanie Egger in the octagon. Uh, she's 0-1. She's making, uh, I guess, her second fight here, you know, second return to the <laughs> to the octagon, I guess, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't like anything in this fight. I don't know anything about Miss Cohen. I don't, only, I don't like Eileen Perez, so I'm not betting this fight. That's, that's pretty fair. Sadly, I am on the other side here. Um, Haley Cohen, she's pretty big. Like, she's strong. <clears throat> and... I like you know some some of the stuff that she does offensively. Um, her trainer is her husband. Oh, okay. Uh, fuck, what's his name? J- uh, uh, fuck, Jacob Brennan, I believe his name is. I've heard of him. I think he trains. I forget who else they train, but I don't know. I think he he might be able to get the best out of her. She has some um, she has some road some some speed bumps. R- speed bumps? Is that roadblocks? Road bumps? Roadblocks? Something. Yeah, she's had some uh, maybe a, some bumps along the way. Um, a couple of years ago, she got guillotined by a one and two chick named Kelly Clayton, who is now two and two Skittles. Her nickname was, uh, she was beaten. She was beating her pretty easily and then just got caught. Honestly, I think she just shot a stupid takedown and, uh, didn't watch her neck. She gave away a fight in that brick, uh, round in that Brittany cloudy fight. She lost her debut against Victoria Leonardo, but she does some good things. She, she, she has some decent hands. She has a good straight left, straight right. I forget uh, if she's orthodox or not. She has mm-hmm. some. Um, she has some. What happened? No, she's much bigger than uh, Eileen. That yeah, and she 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 looks like she's built well. It's not like she's just you know big and slow. She she moves around in there, throws her hands, throws kicks. Uh, she's aggressive on the ground in her jujitsu. Offensively, she has some chokes on her record. She has two KOs, two submissions, three decisions. So she's pretty well rounded. But I think it's just more about the IQ. I think you know she she had to take some losses to some inf- inferior opponents to to really focus, you know. And losing to that Kelly Clayton Kelly Clayton chick was rough, man, rough. She should not have lost that fight. And uh, the contender series fight against Claudia Lecce, I I guess it was a split, but she, she won every round in that fight. So um, I kind of like her. I think she's building some momentum. I know she's thirty one, so she's a couple years older than Eileen Perez and. Uh, I yeah, I don't like what I see from Eileen Perez walked into the UFC talking about I'm going to fight Amanda Nunes or whatever the fuck she was talking about. Uh, that's that's not going to happen, uh, Miss Perez. So, uh, and, I mean, she did beat the shit out of that Tamir's Vidal chick that she lost via illegal knees, and then Tamir's Vidal makes her UFC debut and wins by flying knee. So you know, not a bad win. Um, I'm just I'm going to trust the better, bigger. Well, more well-rounded fighter here, but I guess Haley Haley Cohen can get taken down. Eileen Perez—that's probably what she wants to do, but she doesn't seem very smart here either, you know. So I don't don't think there's a a veteran edge here or an IQ edge. They're both seven and two, and they both fucked around a little bit on their way to the UFC. So I'm going to go with Haley Cohen. I think she's the better striker. I think she could be the better grappler here, just because she's stronger, uh, at least the better wrestler. Um, And I think she's going to. She's gonna, it's going to be close. It's going to be a very, very close fight. I, I might even sprinkle a Haley Cowan, Cohen, Cowan split decision bet, but I think she's going to get it done. Um, so let me get her money line. Money line minus one twenty, locked in for tie for Haley. Haley, all hail Cohen. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anything about Jose Johnson? Yeah, Lobo Salatalio. Um, <laughs> he's 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 a he's a roller coaster to watch. That's for sure. Um, he's fought some guys. Um, he started his career with two losses, and he fought a four and five and a two and one guy. So at least he fought somebody, you know, guys that had some some kind of wins, you know. And even along the way, he fought guys with some experience. So I feel like, you know, he didn't get baby right away at the beginning of his career. Took two losses, bounced back. He fought, uh, who did he fight? He fought, I know he fought Ronnie Lawrence, uh, Armando Villarreal, who I believe he fought somebody that we were just talking about, Ode Osborne. Um, and he fought, who else? Mo Miller, Mana Martinez, Rafael Costa in LFA, um, Jack Cartwright on the Contender Series, that guy, the, the, uh, I don't know if he's from Wales or England. I think just England. Uh, hits very hard. He was he had some hype coming out of England. I like him. He's very long. He can get some submissions off his back. He likes to fight off his back. That's how he beat Mo Miller off his back. Uh, Mata Martinez folded him, but Mata Martinez, especially at the time, was way better. I think he is way better. Um, he, he you know he can, he's just very reckless. Uh, the thing about Garrett Onfield, I don't even really know how you know how to really rate Garrett Onfield. He fought up when he fought David Onama, and he yeah. lost. He looked good in that but, fight, though. Yeah, he didn't look bad. He didn't look bad at all. Um, uh, I just don't love his game. You know, I don't love the guys he fought. I don't love his stand-up. I don't love some of his decision-making. I don't love his cardio. I don't love how, you know, when he's the nail, things kind of go wrong. He does train at Killcliffe FC, formerly known as, what was it called before that? With uh, Henry Hooft? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Oh, man. What the fuck was it called? It's all, it's uh, in Deerfield Beach. Kill Cliff MMA. What the hell was it called before? Sanford MMA. Uh, uh, these gyms train, change names all the time. I, it's kind of confusing, but... I am going to take a shot on Mr. Jose Johnson here. Plus 140. I don't love Gary Arnfield. Uh, I think Jose Johnson, I think he's bigger than him. If I look at the uh, size discrepancy, yeah, he's he's got a big, big height height advantage. He likes to throw some kicks. He's very wild, and I think Garrett Arnfield's pretty tough. So it, it's definitely one to sweat out, but I'm going to take Jose Johnson money line. I think he can, uh, he can get it done here. He's fought a lot. He has a lot of experience. He's paid his dues. He's older, probably in his prime. So uh, I'm going to trust him to come out the gate swinging and – look to make a, a, a statement in his debut. I am going to take Garrett Armfield inside the distance plus 140. Ooh, baby. Uh, so we will start off as adversaries to begin the night <laughs> and we will end as friends with the uh, Ryan Spann fight. So uh, basically yep. my thoughts on that was that you're right. He did fight up and I think he looked good in that first round. It was a short notice fight. I'm counting on his cardio and his training camp to be much more, uh, you know, have him in much better shape, ready to go for a fight at, at his actual weight class because he looked just smaller than David Onama. And Onama's tough. Onama's a good fighter. And I thought he uh, comported himself well. Like I said, uh, like you said, though, Ryan, or Jose Johnson, a little bit of a uh, wild card, a little bit of a roller coaster. So I'm counting on Armfield to get him out of there. But. I got to be honest, this is probably one of the least uh, confident ones that I have here. So, 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have eleven plays. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is a lot for you. Seven plays for Mr. I gotta, I gotta get back right. I yeah, man. Right. This is time to uh, also, start. Hey, listen. There's also some other plays that we could have on this weekend that aren't oh. UFC related. Well, actually, yeah. You know, why don't we? Why don't we get into it? I think you know we should talk about. It. Should we allow us to have some boxing plays on here? Should we? I don't make, know. Should we make well, an I amendment? I think here's a bit. Here's a play. Okay. The KSW Heavyweight Championship is oh on the line. Oh my god. Okay. Phil DeFries, the twenty-two and six. Uh, he was in the UFC before, right? Yeah, he was two and three. He's eight and zero in KSW. One and zero in Bellator. Pretty good fighter, right? For you know. He's coming off of a. He beat Darko Stosic a year ish ago. He beat Luis Henrique. He beat some guys that we've heard of, right? Um, who did he lose to? Who did he fight in the UFC? He lost to Todd. Oh, yeah. This is a rematch 11 years in the making. May I remind you, Todd Duffy knocked this fella out 11 years ago. So, Todd Duffy, I know you remember Todd Duffy. He fought Frank Mir. That was his, uh, his last fight was in 2019. He fought Jeff Hughes. No contest, accidental eye gouge. Before that, 2015, when he got beat up by Frank Mir. So he has one fight in the last seven years. Okay? Yep. And now he's coming back. I don't think, is there odds in this fight? He's going to win this belt. It's plus 350. Jesus Christ. Um, Todd Duffy is back. The KSW card is loaded. Not really. Um,. <laughs> That's that's all I wanted to talk about. No, there's a lot more, but I just thought seeing those two guys fighting this weekend in, in KSW was just like. You like anything hilarious. in the Spelltor card? <laughs> fighting in Ireland again. Um, let's see. Let's see. I, I mean, so I don't know. We haven't seen Amosov in a while, right? Because yeah. he was in the Ukrainian war, um, which is kind of kind of scary. Um, I'm guessing he's the favorite here over Logan Storley. If they have odds, I think he would win. Uh, other than that, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. This card looks. Uh, how do you say? Not good. Yeah, it's a typical like Ireland card where they just keep throwing these Irish people. I mean, Peter Quelly is out there. So yeah, dig him up, put him on there. I might even be favorite. more more uh, interested in this one card. John uh, Lineker uh, getting back in there. Fabricio de Andrade, baby. I don't watch that bullshit. Danielle Kelly getting in there. Vineland, New Jersey, represent. She's actually good. Um, there's a PFL Challenger Series. Uh, Shanna Young is on it. Jesus. Jeez. So is Desiree Yanez, that bum. So hey. we'll see nice who, makes it out, who makes it out of that. Uh, yeah, she would fuck me up. I would like it. So we'll see. What do you think of... <laughs> What do you think of Mr. Paul and Mr. Fury? So I'm glad you asked, Ty. I'm glad you asked. Um, I think Tommy Fury is a stiff. And I've had many arguments with people. And it's very fascinating because I think a lot of people actually are intrigued by this one. They don't know much about Tommy Fury. They think, oh, you know, that, that, you know he's a real boxer. He, he's going you know, to give Jake Paul his first real test. And, but those are people who have not seen Tommy Fury fight or, or, or see the people that he's fought. I mean, listen. I've been on record. I mean, I think Jake Paul has gotten better. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I think Tommy Fury, this is a good matchup for both of these guys. Uh, I just think, 
I, I think Tommy Fury stinks, man. I really do. And I think at the very least, Jake Paul has tested himself against much better competition. Recent, I mean, who who is Tommy Fury for? I mean, the guy he fought last time. Anthony Taylor. Yes, he, but he went the distance with him. That guy, that Bochinski guy, was. I mean, he should have killed him. I mean, that guy was a local mechanic, and, and, and he went to war oh. with him. I mean, that, that guy's eleven and two. That just goes to show you what's going on in boxing. Uh, it's just you know, whatever, right? I mean, I'm not going to get too worked up about the, the 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 stiffs that these guys have fought back and forth. I'm just going to go out and say I don't think Tommy Fury's that good, and I'm going to put my money where my mouth is this weekend when the time comes, and I am going to bet Jake Paul. Uh, wow. He's going to be. This is on Sunday, so at least they'll give you know everyone a, a clear night to uh, lock in. And uh, Bobby Jackson, <laughs> underdog. Uh, I believe he's on that undercard, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he's fighting uh, Mukabu. Yeah, the, um, uh, Ilunga Mukabu, the uh, cruiserweight champion. Uh, Mukabu's pretty good. You're supposed to fight Canelo. Thank God that didn't happen. Jesus. Um, uh, he fought Tony Bellew way back. Tony Bellew is huge. Uh, he's a legit heavyweight, and he knocked out Makabu. Makabu's pretty good, but Badu Jack is just, I, I want to say he's 40. I know he's hes won a couple in a row, but he hasn't fought anybody good since, I want to say, Jean Pascal, and he lost that fight. So, um, yeah, he's passed it. I don't think hes he's beaten anybody at the championship level in any weight class. But it should be a pretty good fight, at least. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody else on this card. No, no, there's not. Tommy Fury does have an 80-inch reach advantage, or 80-inch reach. Um, he is a he is huge. He's Jack, very good shape, good-looking fella. He's 23. Uh, he is a Fury, technically, by technical def- uh, definition. So he is kind of related to Tyson and, and Huey and uh, – I forget the dad's name. But I don't know, man. He just seems like a meme, you know. He seems like kind of like a joke, like like um, some of these other boxing sons of boxers. Who's the one that Jake Paul was supposed to fight? Rockman. Yeah, he kind of seems like him, like the son of a son of Rockman. I seen Rockman, and you know uh, that guy lost to was it Vitor Belfort? Greg Hardy he lost to Greg Hardy. Ugh. So why was he fighting him? I don't. Hey, who knows? So yeah, give me Jake Paul. I might even take him to win by knockout because I don't know if Tommy Fury's ever really been hit hard. And Jake Paul hits hard. I don't feel confident in it, though. So I want to let you know that. Like, cause I, yeah, I, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, I just think uh, – I just don't, I've never believed in Tommy Fury's abilities. Uh, when, when I saw him yeah. fight on that – he fought on one of the undercards of, of the Jake Paul fights. If, if that's, yeah, that's when he fought. That Bochinski um, guy. It was, he was on the his last fight – I guess it was just a draw because it was no oh. official scoring, but he was on the Mayweather and uh, Deji undercard. And it's like, come on, man. He fought Roly Lambert. He was 15-1-1 one, one at the time, which I'm not sure how. And does anybody know who won, like, uh, in theory? That there fight? was no winner. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, did they watch uh, the fight? Won? And, yeah, like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> no one cares, right? No one gives a shit. Uh yeah, I, I, I mean, just stay away from this. Tommy Fury is a bodybuilder more than he is a boxer. Um, Mr. Eddie Hearn has also switched his prediction, completely did a 180, which makes me think something's up. So give me Jake Paul uh, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, give me Jake Paul. Uh, you think he gets him out of there? That would be crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's eight, eh, it's eight rounds, but he could do it. 
Inside the distance for Jake Paul is plus 290. I will be dabbling. If I have any money left by the time that comes around, I will be <laughs> yeah, dabbling. Which we probably won't. But yeah, I'll probably be, get cooked. Take out a loan. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'll go to my local bank and say, hey, listen, I have a fucking lock. You need to. Uh, and, and Floyd's <laughs> fighting on Saturday. Fighting uh, a, guy, a guy named Aaron he Chalmers. Uh, Aaron Chalmers, yes. He actually um, wasn't he a boxer? I don't even know. I thought he was an MMA fighter. That's right. He was in – was it PFL? Yeah, or I think so. Or Bellator? Bellator? Um, he fought Brian Battle. Wait, is that the right – The Joker. Yeah, this is him. Oh, wrong Aaron Chalmers. Uh, Brian Battle fought now. There's too many uh, – He lost to Austin Clem. He fought Fred Freeman. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, this guy's going to kill you. Why is he fighting him? Could, could, no could one of us fight Floyd if we wanted to? Yeah, I mean, listen, Aaron Chalmers has some scary tattoos. Okay. <laughs> I could, I could go down that, the fucking uh, South Street and find a guy that has, you know... Tattoos. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Does have some scary tattoos, though. I don't know what, what the whole process is, but... War Floyd. Let's get it. Yeah, all right, that's it. Let's get out of here with the filth. I have to go take a shower. Uh, this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of everything we just talked about, and we'll have some news, some notes. Uh, soon, you know, next couple weeks we'll be doing our pound for pounds. Stay tuned. Yes, next uh, tomorrow, I'll have a uh, a sports episode come out. So maybe Ty will oh, even boy. be on there for that. Who knows? So uh, hey, you never know. Make an appearance, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Let's get this money. <laughs>